Hey, What's going on? Hey, Lefty. Hey, Lefty, what you say? Irish fans, welcome once again. This is the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mike. We are the lefties because we spin it different. We spin it different. Yep. You know, you already know. We got this guy over here. He's the original lefty <laughs> himself. Lucky Lefty Malik Zaire. So we're going to get right into it. The wrap-up show for the Purdue game, Notre Dame, victorious, 27. We have her incorrect on our script down there, 27 to 13 mm-hmm. for the score. We apologize. we apologize for that. But 105th win for one Brian Kelly in his tenure, and that ties him with Nuke Rockney. Uh, that upsets a lot of people because we know Newt Rockney is held. He is a god when it comes to Notre Dame football. Not even Lou Holtz wanted to have more wins than Newt Rockney, and he stepped away before he had a chance to do so. But on the back end of this podcast this show, we're going to talk about what that means and how far Brian Kelly has brought this program, uh, which in my opinion is a top five college football program right now. If you look at it over the last five years, like they're up there. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm not saying they're as good as Alabama. I'm not saying they're as good as Clemson or Georgia. But they're up there. But they're up there. So, as always on the wrap-up show, we start by looking back at Malik's three keys to a dub and seeing how those things went. So, Malik, the three keys that you had, how do you think Notre Dame uh fared in those particular areas against Purdue? Oh man, well I, I really believe that they second half told a different story than the first half. The first half, I felt like the offense was very desperate. Uh-huh. And you can and you can tell when you're doing things like we need to put our other quarterback in to be a fire starter for the offense because it sounds like your best playmaker is an 18-year-old freshman. And that when you need to change it up, you got to throw him in there to get it going again. So what does that tell you about the guy you got here as a fifth year? You know, I think if anything, Purdue showed what the the system should look like, right? Especially for a fifth year guy, let the young guy rock out, and then if it all goes to hell or if it gets close, let the the older guy go in there and try to save the day. I think O'Connell. When he went in there, I mean, he was out there like he never left. And I think that's a good position for a fifth-year guy to be in to where, you know, you can put it on his back a little bit more. You can be more trusting that it can be safer with the football. And let the young guy like Tyler go out there and rock out the first half, have some time in the game to make some mistakes early on, but also be able to be explosive like we know he can. And – in terms of it, I don't think he'll develop the same way that he should. He's got more of a Brandon Wimbush track mm-hmm. on development with these heavy run first focus uh, packages. And even Drew Brees said uh, in during the commentary, he was saying we got to find a way to let Tyler throw from the pocket because as a defensive coordinator, you know, you just got to play man and, and blitz. And I think you, teams settle in with us particularly with that third down, putting in man and and, and and send some pressure because of who we got back there. But, you know, we we found ways to manage. But the second half told a story of what we should 
look like if we just stick with the one guy that we have, we turn into a heavy run play action, and it can and it can result in some explosive plays for us with the team that we have. So I thought offensively, we we stopped doing the the the, the crazy stuff with the back and forth, and we settled in, and we and we looked how we should with a team that we have defensively. I mean, they kept us in the game. We we know we was going to have some explosive shots with, on our DBs, and they made some plays. But overall, I think when you got 14 on your team, a lot of things uh, he can patch up for, but a lot of things will go right as well. I want to go to the running game because that's one of the things you really stressed is you wanted to see an established running game. 23 carries for 120 yards between Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. Big run, also a big reception for a touchdown for Kyron Williams. Notre Dame finding different ways to get him in the game. I want to go to early in the game because first play was frustrating, right? You talk about the offensive line all week. They chip yeah. the pass rusher, Carlafas. They chip him. Great plan I thought they had for him. They didn't allow him to wreck their offense. He yeah. got half a sack. He's a great player. He's going to make plays. We talked about that in the preview knowing that he's going to make plays, but don't let him wreck your offense. They had a great game plan of chipping with running backs, tight ends, before they went out into the pattern. Excellent job. And then I want to applaud Tommy Reeves for this. It would have been very easy for him to go away from a run Yeah. after the yeah. first quarter. Yeah. Very easy because the running game was really null and void, but it was almost like body blows. Yeah. And, and and so you saw the middle of the third quarter, the Notre Dame offensive line started to make some headway. And they started mm -hmm. to establish the, the line of scrimmage on the other side instead of allowing Purdue to penetrate and get into the backfield. So I applaud him for being patient with the running game and, and allowing those guys to go ahead and come through with big runs late in the game. I also think he called an incredible game as far as taking the opportunities that he had. I, I, yeah. Kevin, look, man, Kevin Austin had two of the best inside releases that I saw to where you're, you want to run a streak as a wide receiver and you're trying to get to the outside and you see the guys playing outside leverage. And he <laughs> went inside and just went by the guy and Jack Holmes yeah. missed him. Overthrew him once, and then the other, other time he underthrew him mm -hmm. and allowed the DB to get back into play. So, a uh, strong game plan for Tommy Reese, in my opinion. I wouldn't give him an A, mm -hmm. but I think going into the game, he set up a game plan knowing that his offensive line early would be under attack. I think he knew that Purdue, which they did from the very first play, would twist, stunt, send blitzes up the middle and challenge that Notre Dame offensive line. So kudos, and also kudos to the offensive line. Yeah. You have been saying for the past two weeks that as they get more game time and more experience, that they will get better. That's and right. I think you started to see going into that second half, the offensive line played much better than they did in the first half. You definitely get to see that, especially – well, you can appreciate the way we finished the game. You I talked think, about that, yeah. I think the offensive line got stronger as the game, you know, got more more so towards the end. 
And like you touched on with Tommy Reese, I think he'd had a plan for what we all knew what the, the end result was going to come to in terms of what the defense was going to give us. Uh, that third down when they're playing man, um, Tommy did a great job of emptying the backfield to get that best matchup mm-hmm. and, and trusting a fifth-year senior to find that and be able to get the ball off. That's that connection that we talked about early that Tommy sees in Jack, and Jack is comfortable with the calls that Tommy's giving him in those situations. So situationally, I think they were very much prepared for for what you know they the defense was giving us, and our players were ready uh, in the same sense to make those plays, especially uh, going to our bread and butter with Kyron on those linebackers and and putting those guys in the space, and that opened up a lot of the, what the run ended up being for us in the second half, and we started putting extra tackles and yeah and, and unbalanced and tighter formations with tight ends in there to really establish that we're just going to run it because we think we're better than you. And that's just essentially what makes us a, a efficient offense, especially when it gets into that October, November, uh, th- that part of the season where we need to be able to, to show run and also be able to be productive in that show and run. And we started well doing that today. So Tommy sticking to the traditional hard nose run play action, we even got a chance to get a shot down the field uh, Brady Lindsay didn't come up with it. It must have been ball in the sun, but that's Man. but that second half is what we're what I feel like our offensive identity should look like yeah. instead of flipping back and forth. I think Jack played way more calm and under control the second half, much more of a, a showing what he's really good at in terms of managing the run checks and the runs, and then taking some open shots when they're available. Uh, early on in the game, I just felt like we got desperate too early. You know, we were so ready to do some good things with momentum and then throw Tyler in there and then kind of run out of steam when they kind of slowed some of that run action down. But uh, Coach Kelly made a good decision to stick it with one, and I think Tommy did a little bit of convincing, and it it showed to uh, put a staple on that game and not have us biting our nails towards the end. I will say this, and Tyler Buckner had uh, the reason you didn't see him more in the second half was not because of performance from the first half. Coach Kelly said they were worried about his hamstring. He had a slight pull. They didn't want to force it. In my opinion, they need Tyler Buckner to beat Cincinnati. In my opinion, based upon what I saw today from Cincinnati, yeah, they need Tyler Buckner to beat Cincinnati. I don't think they need him to beat Wisconsin. I think no, they I don't think that's a game. Without yeah. Him. So, I do, yeah, I think that um, – for a quarterback to be worried about his hamstring just shows you I don't think we're using enough of what he's good at. I mean, in high school, he had more on his plate than what we're giving him in at Notre Dame. And I don't think, uh, you know, him being a five-star quarterback, he couldn't do some of the same things that Jack is doing as a fifth-year senior because the things Jack's doing is just giving guys chances down the field, hell or high water, and, and not afraid to throw that ball. So, uh, I believe Tyler Buckner can throw from the pocket very well, but these are the things that are going to limit his development. Uh, you know, when we're gassing his hamstrings, for instance, like that's insane. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Jack Cohn, what was he, 15 for 30 today? Yeah, 15 for 30 for 229. 
Here we are right around 47.2, which is not the best. Um, Jack Cohn missed a lot of open throws today. Yeah. Well, we just have to be honest about it. He didn't play a bad game, but there are a lot. I mean, on one series, and like I said, he missed Kevin Austin on a post wide open, overthrew him, comes back, has Joe Wilkins on the deep end, just overthrows him. And if he gets Joe Wilkins on the run, that's a touchdown. But this is what you expect. You know, I don't think Coach Kelly thought he was getting a Trevor Lawrence either when he was getting bringing in Jack Cohn. He knew that he had certain abilities, and there's obviously at this point in his career yeah, uh, things that he's just going to be is who he is, you know, no different than a Fitzpatrick where he can give you some really good highlights, but is he going to be the guy that's going to take it over the hump and be the Alabama in a stunning fashion? That's that's not going to be it. We're going to have to find it in combination with other things. But, you know, I'm, I think that's, that's what the – Jack's B game will look like, you know, I think Florida State is probably his best um, performance that we'll get uh, and what it will look like on on a best performance level. And this is just that everyday Jack home that we're going to get this Purdue game just throughout the season. And as the season goes on, I wouldn't expect uh, something worse uh, from a performance, but I wouldn't give him Florida State every week either. I want to point out as well, before we move over to the defensive side of the ball, that I thought we'll see more of what Purdue did today in the next coming weeks against Wisconsin, especially with Jim Leonard as a defensive coordinator who's really good, especially on the back end. He plays safety in college. He plays safety in the NFL. His schemes are always playing to the strengths of his defensive backs. And then Cincinnati, who loves to go man-to-man. I mean, that was – it's a Luke Fickle defense. Marcus Freeman was the orchestrator of that for the last few years. Now he's at Notre Dame. So it might be similar to what we're seeing that Notre Dame is trying to transition to. But I definitely think defenses are going to do what Purdue did today. That is, we're taking Michael Mayer away from your offense. They doubled him everywhere inside out bracket uh jack cone didn't try to force it which was a good thing but that just points out to us the weapons that they do have because yeah. that just that clearly opened up avery davis and Braden lindsey today yeah and that's and that's and that's the talent of why when we go into these games we got the pieces provided we are efficient and we execute to mm-hmm. really have an answer for a lot of what defenses want to give us. The best thing the defense that we go against every week give us problems with is that get us third and, and six and plus yeah. and play man and send five or six pressure. That's our kryptonite every year. And, you know, Tommy being the creative offensive coordinator he is, has been putting us in good position in third down, giving us some one-on-one down the field like Avery Davis a couple times. Kevin Austin has some one-on-ones down the field a couple times. So other than like years before, where we'll take shots down. We wouldn't take as many shots down the field. At least we know on third down we're going to try. So hopefully that will soften up that defense on third down and will give us a different look. Hopefully yeah. give us a run work and we can be productive running on third down as well. All right. Once again, that's the offensive side of the ball in a 27-13 to victory. 
as I said before, really some bright sides to the to the offensive performance, right? You saw the big plays. They even missed out on probably on two or three big plays. And once again, I know we've said the last two weeks or the last two games, yes, Notre Dame probably should have scored in the 40s in this game. Yeah, They really probably should have. Offensive line, you can see the improvement. Uh, that's very promising, especially going into the next two games against Wisconsin and Cincinnati. And I believe four of the five next opponents for Notre Dame, this is crazy. Four of the five next opponents for Notre Dame will be coming off a bye week. Yeah, that's usually how they set it up. <laughs> to, face, to face Notre Dame, which, yeah, yeah, is, which is insane. Defensive yeah. side of the ball. Uh, Marcus Freeman, I guess that was a mandate put out there at last week's press conference after the game against Toledo. And Brian Kelly said, look, we're not going to get stuck in the middle. If we're going to go ahead and beat this defense, then that's, let's do it. That's right. Live, live, whatever, live with the mistakes, you know. But we have to do it. I thought this defense was aggressive from uh, the first snap. I like what I saw. Front four disruptive, and you. I mean, when you watch this defense, we talk about it all the time, Malik. When you watch this defense, you see the flaws in it. Yeah. From a personnel standpoint. But if you can look beyond that, you see the scheme and what it can be, and you say to yourself, you know what, I, I really like where this is going. And today's performance was them coming out, knowing that the offense might have issues, and them saying, you know what, this is our game. 100%. And I really liked watching the fact that we fly around. Yeah. That's something that you can – see on the first series that we're we're a fly around type of defense that sometimes you might catch us but we'll be there and yeah it's another story of our dbs being right there we just gotta make the play on the ball you know bless cam hart's heart i mean him being right there and, and just gotta finish those plays that's something that we'll get with experience and and, and later on in the season where he'll be able to make those plays but the the type of pressure we're getting from isaiah Fowski. And, and and that D line and what they're being able to do with a four man rush, yeah, is, is is looking really good in ensuring and getting the ball out quick for the quarterback. And today, you know, JD Bertrand and Kyle Hamilton is is really beefing up that run defense a lot and and and, and playing very stout. Yeah, when it when it comes down to those drives where we got to get a three and out, we got to get the ball back. Those guys are doing a great job of playing top down. Um, and then when we do give it up, we're making it hard in the red zone too. So, you know, Purdue had a couple explosive plays down there, but we didn't just let them walk in the end zone either. So right. those are those are encouraging signs against teams that may be better, like a Wisconsin and and the teams that we have, like Virginia Tech, who's playing really well right now. It's, it's going to be important for us to finish those drives defensively, making stops in the red zone, making stops and turnovers like we have with uh, J.D. Bertrand and Kyle Hamilton standing out. Yeah, I think in the passing game, you know, big play right there to David Bell. He beats Cam Hart. Um, the touchdown pass, Cam Hart's right there. He's right there. Hart right there in the ball. He just misses the ball, deflecting the ball away. So, as we said before, he's in position. He's there. I do say this, though. I've seen Cam Hart a lot the last two games 
do a, he's he's holding a lot. Yeah. He's holding a lot. And that goes back to what you talked about him making the switch from wide receiver over to the two DB or cornerback. And most of the time he's playing the field position. Um you gotta run, man. You just gotta you have to trust yourself. Yeah, he's not. It's not his first instinct as a receiver converting a DB is to be playing in space and right. And you know he wants to be physical as a bigger corner, but it's a lot of space to be playing to the field, and, and right. it's not natural to be backpedaling. So for him to try to put the pieces together, it'll be a struggle at first. But if he's holding, at least he's trying, and he's not just letting guys run past him. And we can take a couple penalties because that's the nature of an aggressive style man type of defense, you're going to have that in there somewhere. Yeah, on that big throw to David Bell, he was holding him, and I felt like, hold him. Yeah, hold him. Hey, yeah. Me. Don't put your hands up at the end of the play like I didn't touch him. No, hold him. Hold him, yeah. Let them get the 15. They're not in the red zone. Go to the next play. Yeah, let them, let them get a long drive instead of a one play. Yeah, you, you pointed out two players. Look, man. I think every week I almost want to do a moment of silence because I'm 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 a, I'm going to miss this 14 kid, man. Oh man, um, it's like he's on schedule every week. He's getting a pick, putting somebody out the game. I think fourth down t- uh, tackle stop in open field. I the mean, range, everywhere. the everywhere. recognition. First of all, the recognition of the sweep mm-hmm. of the jet sweep, and then. To cover the ground he covered and then to make the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Just a fantastic play. He had a he barely missed the pick six barely. in the first quarter. You know, I the he he's he's at going, some point they're gonna have to stop throwing his way. Cause I mean he finds the ball every time. And the and the pick that he had was great concentration. Yeah. I mean to react off of what was a really good pass by the quarterback should have been a touchdown. It was a small window, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Bo Bauer barely got a fingertip on it. But it definitely was a catchable ball, but yeah, it makes a great play to finish it. I mean, and that's how you seal a game with a pick, get a turnover when you need it. I mean, at this point, he's a trademark taking the helmet off because that deserved it right there. <laughs> so I want to talk about another player you pointed out. J.D. Bertrand, this is the second game. He's second playing. game, he's just making plays. It's sick. Making plays. And you look up and it's like, dude, 27's in the picture again? Yeah, I mean, he's in the box. He's making tackles in the open field, and he's not afraid to hit. He's not one of those guys that's going to shut his feet down when he's coming up to make a tackle. He's not yeah. stopping his feet. You know, he's either going to blow you up or you're going to get a good highlight play. It's no in-between for him. And more times than not, he's he's coming he's coming to take stuff down. Yeah, all you betters out there, I know you're happy. Notre Dame was minus seven and a half. They covered that for you late in the game, but we did tell you that the under was going to hit. Yeah, We told you it's a Notre Dame-Purdue matchup. Under is always there. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical, and Purdue is going to bring their A game. And even though the drum wasn't in the building, man, they brought their hearts. So you had to tip your cat to tip your cap to Purdue and Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom adjusted to Marcus Freeman 
early in the second half as well. He did. He, he did. And they yeah. were able to get things off quick. Mm-hmm. They used a little tempo themselves. And it, and, it, and it made Marcus Freeman have to get on his cause a little bit faster. Yeah. Kind of, uh, especially that drive where they went all the way down. I think he just caught him off guard with the change of pace that they had. And then, you know, that last couple of drives where that quarterback came in, I mean, he was pass after pass after pass. So um, it's something I'm sure that they'll adjust to next week, being able to adjust to a tempo-based offense. I mean, it wasn't doing anything uh, scheme-wise that was killing us. It was just quick, get-it-out type of stuff, which most up-tempo offenses are pretty basic, just something the DBs and, and secondary have to adjust to. Yeah, they caught us in a corner blitz for that big play in the run game. Mm-hmm. Running back cuts back. Just Bob Clarence Lewis, he misses the tackle, and he's off to the races. Kyle Hamilton chased him down. Um, other than that, 50 yards in the rush rush defense, that's, that's, good. that's great. That's pretty good. And, I mean, they're starting running back. Horvath broke his foot last week, you know, local kid. Uh, my heart goes out to him. I'm sure he wanted to play one game in Notre Dame Stadium mm-hmm. as a baller maker. Missed that opportunity. But Notre Dame's front four. Sometimes, I- I'll be honest with you, Malik, it gets to a point sometimes where I almost want to tell Marcus Freeman, stop mm-hmm. being so creative. Yeah. Let's just like, see him just beat him up. Let these boys rock. Let these boys rock because they have it. Just let them yeah. run. Stop bringing the linebackers. Stop being creative. Just let them cause havoc. Yeah, sometimes it can get too cute in there, but I do think Marcus Freeman has a good feel for what his players' abilities are. I don't think we can just put our front four up there and just say win this game for us just yet. Yeah, I think we need some help from And then we also want to be able to include our superstars on the back end and those linebackers to make plays because that's what really puts the whole thing together. But, you know, classic football lover, fan like myself, yeah, I would love to see us just line up, control the gaps, and, and, and really just be physical and out physical a team. But right now with the babies we have, I just think the pace that we're going, we'll figure it out. Shout out to uh, the chest of Ramon Henderson. Uh, <laughs> man. Ryan Kelly gave him – he did everything except snatch his face mask. I mean, for real, I mean that's, that's, what, that's why next man in mentality is so for real because that's Coach Kelly's time to shine. When you're messing up on the intangible things. You got to know you got to know when you're supposed to be on the field. Yeah, that's like coming into class late and everybody looking at you. It's yeah. just you know you're about to get it. That's Coach Kelly's time to, to get on you, and he's gonna make the most out of it. When it's when it's mental stuff like that, because those are mental errors in that situation that could have cost us. You know, that definitely could have cost us a score if we or Drew White didn't go out there and, and almost run out of bounds and call that timeout with saying we had 10 people on the field. But great head head up and heady play by that guy, but still like that's number one, you can't do at Notre Dame and that's not pay attention. <laughs> yeah, facts. So once again, Notre Dame comes away with the 27 to 13 victory over Purdue. We're talking Notre Dame defense right now on the wrap-up show. I'm Sean Davis, along with the original lucky lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We talked about the front four. And now let's get into this because I know you have not 
your thoughts about the linebackers haven't been so positive in previous games. And once again, we see like the middle of the field in passing downs wide open. I think we had one, uh, we, we pinned them back on the one. They come out first down. They convert with a big, big conversion pass to Anthrop. And that's when O'Connell had come in the game. And I don't know if the referee got in his way, but Jack Kaiser has to get more depth on that. Yeah, that's just got to be aware of the stakes and, and what yeah. the situation is. There's no reason for you to be within five yards. You should be catch play catch technique. Yeah. Allow him to, to run to you before you play it too aggressive. But when you in an aggressive defense, you know, you just thinking about go hit the ball. I mean, I, I can see why. He would be more aggressive than not in that situation. But a lot of the – was I, I just think that's just a part of the defense. You're going to give up some things when you're aggressive in the middle of the field is something that seems to be wide open for us. And I'm, and I'm sure it looks wide open in the game, but when you got 14 back there, he probably shows some intimidation to just uh, – you just can't be willy-nilly over the middle. So there's – Definitely scheme plays that teams have ran to expose that. But overall, I think we got most of what the middle is locked down by 14. Uh, Brian Kelly talked about it after the game. He felt like everything improved from the previous week. The offensive line play got better, but there's still room for improvement. They tackled better. They stayed in their lanes better. They stayed in their fits better. If this team – Peaking, I don't even want to say peaking, but are they getting better at the right time of the schedule? I think getting better at the right time is is really when we're challenging positions later in the season. I think this is, in the beginning, this should be, for us, a chance to establish identity, establish what we're really good at in these first three or four games. When we get into October in that tough five-game stretch, we need to show that we can compete and, and out physical, uh, be more physical than the other than the other opponent. That's what's going to get us to those those eight and nine win game seasons that we usually are accustomed to. If we're if we're getting our identity figured out in that five game stretch, where we're playing in North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin. It's going to be tough against better teams when it gets later. So today in the second half was a great start of of identifying what we can really hit home with and on a consistent basis. I mean, Kyron is our guy late and it's been like that for the last couple of weeks. But what I really like about it is that we're getting better at the right time to, to take on what we're about to take on. We're not, hopefully we're not playing like Toledo when we play Wisconsin, Cincinnati, but the Purdue was better than last week, like coach Kelly says. So it makes us feel better as a fan base. Yeah. That we're at least addressing things that were the biggest problems in the week before. We may not get everything, but we're 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 erasing the bigger issues. All right, you got your red pen. Yep, got my yeah, I got my pen. Time to get to your grades, bro. Time to get to your grades. Now, you grading on a scale this week? Give me, give me, give me, give me. Throw it out there. Throw it out there. I will give you my grades. I actually, uh, I'm feeling pretty generous today. <laughs> 
I'm feeling generous. Let's go ahead with the quarterbacks, Tyler Buckner, Jack Cohn. What's your grade for them today? Today I give Jack Cohn, I give him a nice B. I give him a nice B. I think, hey, really nice. Yeah, really I think, nice. I think you know with that touchdown drop, if if he would have caught it, it would have been yeah. a different yeah. change his numbers a little bit. And I think he handled the second half well, considering doing the flip-flop and he did in the first half. I think he went in there and and kind of snubbed out the game for us, put us in some really good positions, um, and just controlling the offense. I think he's the cool head that we need uh, in that second half as an offensive tempo. Um, so I think he did his job. I wasn't expecting him to be 30 or 31, but for, for getting us through a game like this, he did exactly what I thought he would, so I give him a beat. Jack Cole must have sent you a Starbucks gift card or something through the mail. You know, I, I think Jack's going to get us through a lot of stuff this year, so I'm glad we can start with good grades now. All right, let's go to the running backs, Chris Tyree, Kyron Williams. I think they're the savior today in terms of when we needed a play, we called on those two. Kyron answered on multiple explosive plays that kind of broke the game open. And Chris Tyree's a nice changeup for when we need some scat, some scat yards, get outside a couple times start momentum for our drives going to him early. So I think, you know, Tommy Reese relies on them heavy to get the offense going when we don't get big splash momentum plays. Yeah. And and, and Kyron being versatile and the getting in the empty, winning his one-on-one and pass routes, having concentration to make a tough catch with two dudes converging on you and then being able to get really good in the fourth quarter and finishing some strong runs. I got to give my running backs an A today. Wow. Let's go to that offensive line. Much maligned early in last, the season. Last week I gave him a C, I think, right? You did. I, I, I give him a C plus because I think that we need to hit that point marker for our own good. Uh, we didn't get that this week. I thought we would get at least 35s, maybe. Or, um, But for us to get the dub, I'm, I'm always happy. But I, I just see so much more potential with our O-line and where we could go. Taj Baker, that's another guy we have to give a shout-out to. Uh, he competed his butt off today. He did. I mean, playing a good He competed his butt off today. And like I said, these are the type of moments and these are the type of games where a year from now, two years from now, when you're in a game and you're watching a dominant offensive line, you'll point back to this part of the season where guys like Taj Baker and Carmody – getting game experience, and once Blake Fisher gets back, the depth at that offensive line is going to be very close to what you're used to at Notre Dame. That's right. That's right. It just takes a little time. All right. Wide receivers, including the tight ends. What's your grade for the past? I feel like we left a lot out there from a yards perspective. I think we could have did much better from an overall group. It was a lot of overthrown balls. There was some miscommunications. There were some drops. So I would give it a C for our receiver core. I think there's a lot of things we can clean up, just being in sync with each other with the quarterbacks. And then, But I did like some of the explosive plays that we were able to make. Avery Davis, a, a guy you can count on uh, late in the game, made some good positive plays for us. So. For us to be so rangy and having a guy like Kevin Austin that can switch it up with a guy like Avery Davis and then 
have a, a outlier with a Kevin Austin and, and a Michael Mayer as an unmatchable type of player. It, it's, it should be better than a C, but we gave a C performance. And you're great for offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. I give Tommy a, a B plus, man. I really like how, like you said, he didn't give up on the run when it wasn't working early. And that's one of the biggest things as an offense coordinator. You can't get away from your game plan, even if it doesn't work in the beginning. I think he did a great job, especially uh, with the explosive plays and setting up those explosive plays in the second half to, to keep that game at bay because it could have went any way in the first half. Yeah, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball, and let's start with the linebackers. Uh, I think last week I gave him a C. I give him a I give him a C plus. I think they did a really good job in the run game this week. Made them kind of one dimensional. Once you get a team one dimensional, it's a lot easier to let your superstars make plays. And and so for our linebackers, I like what they did in the run game. But you know, there's it's, it's still a lot of improvement when you're giving up big explosive plays. So I'll give him a C plus. Uh, hopefully, I give him a B next week. But that's all about that progression. We want to see get better each week. Yeah, that linebacker position is, as I said before, when you look at this Marcus Freeman defense and you look at what it can be and you start to look at the recruiting classes, the next two recruiting classes and what they have coming in at linebacker, which is long, lanky, athletic, rangy linebackers, and you start to plug them in hypothetically, you start to see the amount of plays that can be made. Yeah. Not just in the run game, but in the pass game as well, in pass coverage. So let's go ahead and go to the defensive backfield. You know, when you got 14 back there, you can't get anything less than a B. Your baseline is a B every yeah, week. Yeah, your baseline is a B. So I got to give it a B plus just because of Kyle Hamilton's ability to shut, close the game off with a pick, yeah. put one of their best players out the game without a targeting call, and just be all over the field like he was. And it helps out those corners, too, uh, taking some of that pressure off, knowing that they can uh, play their game, and they got Kyle as their support. So got to give him a B-plus this week. I thought D.J. Brown came in and gave them some great snaps as well. Absolutely. D.J. Brown, somebody to look out for. And that, and that goes back to Coach Kelly getting guys in. I mean, if any, if any year he's getting the guys the most in this year. All right, let's go to that front four. I like the front four's effort today. I'm giving them a B plus. Big fan of Isaiah Fowski. Big fan of Tackle by Loa. Yeah. Doing that middle as a senior. Uh, it's setting a good precedent for if we can keep it up all season. I think next week against Wisconsin is a great test mm -hmm. against their offensive line to see if we're, how legit we can be with, those, with that pressure and that disruptiveness that we have in that front four. But this week is a B plus, and I hopefully we get an A next week because we're gonna need it against that team. And defensive coordinator Marcus Free, man, that's my guy, man. Obviously shutting them uh, behind fourteen points that's less than two touchdowns. You got to give them a, a B plus for it, considering what we gave up. You know, the week before that and the week before that. I think each week we're getting a little better on keeping their points down and and and. And even though we're giving up explosive plays, not allowing them to get in the end zone. So I'll give Marcus a, free, a B plus this week. As we said at the beginning of the show, the 105th win for head coach Brian Kelly. You yourself, you played for Coach Kelly. Uh, 
he first showed up, I believe, in 2011, uh, 2010, I'm sorry. And from that point on, there's definitely been ebbs and flows. There's been peaks and valleys. But over the last five years, you have to give the man credit because Notre Dame is definitely miles away from where they were when he first took the job. A top five college football program, in my opinion, some may differ, but anytime you've been to a national championship game and two college football playoffs, that, that, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Coach Kelly, his record and his accomplishments and accolades, they, they really stand, you know, second to none. And a, a coach of that caliber at a school like that is a great fit, uh, something that I don't think he can really find a job better for the college uh, situation than where he has and where he is at, at being at Notre Dame. And I do think when him passing this record just makes a statement on the consistent message that he's been able to, provide each team that he's been, you know, on the ride with and for them and all those teams to be able to get him the wins that he has been able to accomplish at a school like Notre Dame, where you're not playing a, a conference particularly, you're playing all over the country and to find wins and, and, and even at the level where you're consistently boring your fans with nine to 10 game seasons where you're winning like that. And even as of late getting into the college football playoffs and, even playing for a national championship is not something everybody is doing every year. So Coach Kelly has definitely solidified his program as a top five program in the country. And, and he's a top five coach in the country. I think at this point, it'd be hard to find a, a, a better replacement for when Coach Kelly's done at Notre Dame. And hopefully he'll be here for a lot more wins. I know that uh, that team out there on the left coast has a coaching vacancy and uh Reportedly, he's on the short list. <laughs> so, you know, he uh, he does like good weather. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Don't we all? Man, I'm not looking forward to these snowflakes in the Midwest at all. Yeah, it should be starting anytime months. now. Anytime. Yeah, the next two months or so. So, once again, Notre Dame 27, Purdue 13. Stay locked in with us, the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll be with you on Monday. Wednesday and Friday. Monday, we'll be talking about Coach Kelly's press conference, and we'll be giving you more on the show Wednesday when we dig into the slant, the preview of the Wisconsin game, and then we'll come back Friday where we give you some talk about the NFL week three, our pick six for the weekend, and a little bit of betting talk to get you prepared for the weekend. So we give you three for three each and every week. And then we wrap up each and every game right here on the wrap-up show on Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod, and all of our content is available on Apple Podcasts. Go to our YouTube channel, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Subscribe today. Everybody, everybody that clicked in and tapped in this week, we appreciate you. Man, we got subscribers doubled this week. The amount of subscribers doubled this week. So let's know. That's triple it. That's quadruple it. Moving forward, we look forward to a great, great week. And Malik, this is the perfect week for all the Tyler Buckner conversation to die down. 
I mean, if we want to stay focused as a team, we got to. I think, Jack, this is a week specifically for Jack to go. This is Jack's week. This is Jack's week. Go in there and do your thing, Jack. Let's get it. I don't know. He might He might throw for 300. If you play in your old school that you felt did you wrong, it's one of them games. We got we to gotta be throwing that thing at least 30, 40 times. I just hope that the sports department brings all types of cleats. That's right. Because Soldier Field is horrible. Always horrible. It's quite literally the worst field in all of the National Football League. And they, and they probably enjoy that. That's probably their trademark to having that. Well, that's the type of field Wisconsin will probably love because they just wanted to line up and roll grade you anyway. Yeah, this is the perfect matchup for big on big. You know, yeah. I think Wisconsin is a great test for a physicality standpoint of what we need to see, especially heading into this schedule that we're heading into. So we have, uh, as I said before, for the next uh, five opponents, we'll be facing Notre Dame coming off of a bye week. Jeez. Wisconsin is going to be a tough matchup at Soldier Field. Big noon kickoff. The game is on Fox. It will not be on NBC. It is officially a road game for Notre Dame, even though it's in Notre Dame's backyard. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. It's an early start. It's an hour earlier than most Notre Dame games, so make sure you get up, get you some good breakfast, and get ready for Notre Dame football. And then the following week, the Bearcats come a-calling, trying to double up in the state of Indiana and get the Indiana sweep on their way to a college football playoff. So this this, this is where the fun starts. That's this right. is that part of the schedule where the fun starts. And you start to see uh, top teams go at it. Yeah, and this is what you want. This is what the Notre Dame fans get ready for every year to, to take on a gauntlet like this. And this is setting up to be a, a good gauntlet to go through. These teams are getting better that we're playing coming up each week as well. So hopefully they get at a good point to where we can get steal some of these points to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So until then, we cheering on the mother teams till we get there. All right. As I said before, we'll see you guys Monday where we'll review Coach Kelly's press conference. We'll re- recap week three and CFB. Some really, really good games, especially one particular that took place down in the swamp. We'll get to it on Monday. Yes, sir. For Malik Zaire, I am Sean Davis. Thank you all so much. This has been the wrap-up show once again. Notre Dame, 27, Purdue 13, right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast.